Hi, welcome back to a bonus session of uh, Correlation Conversations. I'm Jason, and today I'm joined by Deborah Slabber from Morningstar. And uh, the reason it's a bonus session is July is the end of our second quarter. And I thought we would have a little discussion around that. Hello, Deborah. How are you? Hi, Jason. I'm very good, thank. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, great to be here with you today. Looking forward to having a chat with you. Thank you. So really, I mean, we have just gone through halfway through the year. July, uh, end of July was halfway through the year. Um, also mm -hmm. the end of the second quarter. So two quarters is halfway through the year, um, which, <laughs> which is really where we're at. It's been a tough, another tough year. Last year was tough. This year has been just as tough. Um, what stuck out for you over the second quarter? What's really happened and what's where we at? Um, for starters, Jason, I can actually not believe how this year has flown by. And we thought exactly as you said, we thought last year was challenging. I mean, if we look at this year, it's even more so challenging, aside from the fact that the market's actually been quite kind, kind to us. And if I just sum up to think about 2021, it's been really almost a tale of two dogs. So quarter two, quite different than, than what we've seen in quarter one. So the big difference is that in quarter one, we've seen this full-blown risk-on environment. So economies were recovering much faster from the crash than anyone expected. We had this huge amount of stimulus coming to the system, vaccines rolling out, uh, demand increasing, manufacturing increasing. And then um, over the past three months, in the past quarter, we've actually witnessed this this fear that, that's been existing for about a year now on high inflation. So that's coming to the fore and it's a global phenomenon, it's not South Africa and in, in, in other developed markets. And we've, we've actually unpacked the, we can unpack those inflation numbers if you guys are keen, but what it basically means is that the Fed, Fed's tone, the Federal Reserve, so that's the Reserve Bank in, in the US, so they, they tone turned a little bit more hawkish. So what that means for markets is that markets become quite a bit more um, sensitive to the information around inflation and interest rates that's coming out. So we've seen the strong growth in quarter one, quarter two a lot more wobbly um, as the market becomes more and, more and more sensitive to what the Federal Reserve is saying about hiking rates going forward. And then, of course, one thing, another thing that stood out for me in quarter two was just this rapid spread of the Delta variant. So that's been, so there's concerns across the globe now around, have we reached the peak of growth? Um, so it almost went from this risk on environment to a completely risk off environment. What do you um, mean by risk yeah. on and risk off? So uh, Jason, so a risk on environment is where people feel good about life. Um, it's when they tend to take on more risk, they invest in emerging markets, they tend to move away from the dollar. They go into more cyclical or more sensitive to business, business cycles type, type areas in the market. Whereas if you risk off, it typically means that you've got a very big home bias. So you want to buy bonds instead of equities. You want to, if you buy equities, you want to buy defensive equities. You don't want to buy anything cyclical. You don't want to buy financials. You don't want to buy energy. You want to be buying technology stocks with a, almost a predictable earning stream. 
So that's that's the difference between risk on and risk off. And as as we stand here today, it almost seems like seems like we're moving back into a risk on environment again. And why am I saying that? It's just literally because the Fed is saying, "Don't worry, guys. We are going to be accommodative for as long as possible. We still see strong earnings coming through from companies. Growth globally is still strong. So it seems like so it seems like we're moving back into a risk on environment again." Earlier on, you spoke about the Fed and you just spoke about them again. Um, why would the Fed be such a big player? What would the, why would the Fed's decisions really impact the rest of the world and more so impact us? I mean, if the Fed's talking about increasing interest rates, I mean, we're in South Africa. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's actually quite bizarre if you think about it, how yeah. sensitive the market has become to, to the Fed's, Fed's comments. So basically, so what, so what high inflation, let me take a step back. So why is there higher inflation in the system? First of all, because we come from a very, very low base. Why are we coming from a low base? Because we had the pandemic last year. No one was spending, people were at home. Uh, there was no demand for stuff. Supply became, okay, almost came to a halt. So there was no inflation. There was no economic growth. And then you come from this extremely low base, to pent up demand coming back into the system, supply being low or slow coming to the system. So you've got prices increasing very quickly. So now that you have inflation rising, how do you combat higher inflation? You raise interest rates in order to try and, and, and dampen or taper the economy. Why that is so sensitive is because if you think about asset prices, if you think about shares and bonds, they're priced off that curve. So they priced off the interest rate curve. So highest in, higher interest rates means lower prices because your discount rate increases. So the companies that are most affected by higher interest rates are growth type companies. Why is that? Because growth like companies, companies with large cash flows in the future, if they discounted at very low interest rates, they inflate their prices. That, well, that's why we've seen um, some of these tech giants actually um, trading on, on decade-high multiples. And, and so, so basically the sensitivity is because the cash flows in the future is so large, the earning stream, and you've got a small change in your interest rate that will affect that and that will have a severe impact on asset prices. It is, I stand by the fact that it's actually quite bizarre because rates have been low for a very long time. Especially in the US. Um, in the US, yes, I'm talking about the US and the Fed now. Um, it's been extremely low. Um, and I don't see an environment where that's gonna be hiked aggressively. So, so yeah, so the market, it, it's quite bizarre that the market is, is reacting based on a forecast two years out, based on high inflation numbers that we know has got about a 1.2% base effect. So it's a little, it's a, yeah, but. Yeah, it's I, just I human behavior. I mean, humans do behave on sentiment and humans do behave on fear. And hence my discussion with Cole in his book, The Behavior Gap. But I mean, that's yes. what it's all about. Absolutely. So I think on the, and, and you make a very, very good point because over the long term, fundamentals drive asset prices. So fundamentals like earnings growth and inflation, and that drives asset prices. But 
in the short term, it's all about sentiment. Okay. And that is why, because the market, the market always overreacts on the upside, always overreacts on the downside. The reality is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So over time, you get to that reality. But in the shorter term, it's always this yo-yo effect. Uh, and that keeps us on our toes. It keeps us humble. It keeps us, uh, keeps keeps us, us uh, guessing. on our toes. Uh, sorry, say again? It keeps us guessing. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, if you, if, I always think about if people start forecasting what's going to happen to markets or what's going to happen to um, the currency, I always think you guys are guessing because no one really knows. Um, yeah. Okay. So you spoke about these changes in um, interest rates and taking bets, if you want to call them, on tech giants. In South Africa, our tech giant is Nuspers. Yes. And there's uh, been a little bit in the newspaper about Nuspers and Prosper. Yes. And just to unpack that a, quickly. Yeah, it's been quite an um, eventful month for, and actually eventful year for tech giants, especially Asian tech. And of course, in our market, we've got Nuspers and Process, Process. and they're shareholding in um in Tencent as well. So there's actually, Jason, there's actually two, there's two separate issues here. So the first issue is, um, the first concern and the first headline was around the NASPAS, there was a NASPAS process deal that the management announced. So a lot of asset, manage, asset management companies in South Africa that actually um, voted against that. So basically, what does that deal do? It increases the shareholding of the cross shareholding of, of process into NASPIS. So what that means for clients and in portfolios and in our market is that the free float, so the shares outstanding um, for process is going to increase as it can become bigger in our lives. And then NASPIS is going to become less of, of, um, of index weight. So why does management, why did they change that weighting? Why, why are they doing that deal? This deal is only actually effective on 16th of August. But why is that? They're trying to solve this valuation discount that they've created by having a very complex ownership structure within that business. And they believe that NASPAS is very under-owned by the market. So why is NASPAS under-owned? It is because foreigners hold quite a quite a lot less of SA equities because of poor sentiment towards South Africa. So as a consequence, they hold less of NASPAS. And then it's not widely owned by locals either because there's a cap in most portfolios on NASPAS. So you hold less of it relative to the index size. So therefore they're trying to manipulate the index weightings to get to, okay. um, um, to make it more beneficial for, for shareholders and management. So that's basically what's going on. The deal is going ahead. It's happening on the 16th of August. And then there's a secondary issue to, to NASPAS, NASPAS process slash Tencent is that the Chinese have been increasing regulation, especially so the tech giants. Lately, they've been targeting the education sector. Um, and that has really taken its toll on companies like Tencent. Um, okay. But I mean, NASPAS is still a major part of our index. Correct, correct, and it's going to be continue to be bigger in our lives. And um, it's not, it's not materially going to be lower. The weighting of the index that is still to be confirmed 
it very much just depends on how what the take up of that, that transaction is. So we'll actually only really know in a couple of weeks time what exactly that impact would be. And all honesty, I don't think they're really going to solve the valuation discount. Yeah. Why am I saying that? Because they're complicating the structure even more. Um, so I'm not convinced that it's really going to unlock that much value. Okay. Well, with that, we're just going to have to wait and see and see. We'll see what happens. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Exactly. So if you had to sum up the last, uh, the half, last half year in um, a couple of words, well, what would that be for you? Uh, lots of volatility, lots of uncertainty, lots of cash in the system, lots of liquidity, growth momentum, but coupled with very big sensitivity to market data that's coming out. Um, so for me, that would be my, my summary and take on, on And What has happened so far? And now the best yes. question is, what does the next half look like? Sure. I think um, much choppier than what we were used to over the last, over the last half, half of this year. Why am I saying that? It's just because if you think about growth, growth has been very, very rapid in the last half year because of this amount of stimulus and because the crash happened so fast and recovery happened so fast, that growth momentum cannot continue. So I think we're moving into a stage where the market is uncertain around what would growth look like going forward? How exactly is it gonna taper off? Is inflation just transitionary in nature, meaning that we'll get out of this high inflation pretty quickly as the base, base effect fades? So the market's uncertain about that or if inflation is going to be structurally higher. And so we're moving into a phase where there's a lot of uncertainty. And Jason, if we think about what the market absolutely dislikes, is uncertainty. If you're certain about growth, if you're certain about um, inflation, if you're certain about interest rates, things are smooth. And we're moving in that transitionary period where there's a lot of question marks. So I think there's still a lot of cash in the system. There's still, still a lot of liquidity. Growth, growth is there. It's just going to taper off because mathematically it cannot continue the way yeah. it has been. And that's what's making the markets a little bit nervous. So I think I want to say hold on. Make sure that your portfolio is diversified. Make sure that you don't listen to your emotions. That's the worst possible advisor. You have to listen to your financial advisor, not your emotions, because I think we're in for a little bit more of a choppy ride. Um, but with that being said, I think there's still pockets of opportunity in this market that stand out. Incredible opportunity in our financial sector. Our property is still pretty cheap. Resources, there's lots of cash in the system. So a lot of dividends and cash that could be distributed back to shareholders, basically. So pockets of opportunity, but I think a little bit more caution. Um, and then, of course, the last thing is just be very, very careful of cash. Uh, cash currently giving you 3.9%. Inflation is 4.9%. Longer-term inflation, probably about 45 so you're really eroding your purchasing power by setting in cash. So it's a good, I mean, it's a good time to get in. It's a good time to make sure that you are invested in the markets. 
just do it responsibly. And if you are currently in the markets, that's not a good time to get out. I mean, it's always bumpy and it's always uncertain and it's we can't predict the future. Um, but we do know that markets will continue to grow. And I mean, like you said, just listen to your emotions, feel your emotions, but don't make decisions on them. And I love that. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for thank chatting you, to, chatting to us today and uh yeah i hope that i hope it does become a smooth half <laughs> <laughs> next year next <laughs> half of the year coming up but uh yeah as you said quite unlikely so enjoy the ride thanks so much jason very nice talking to you you too keep well <laughs>